BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And we begin with the cold opening. (laughs) Ben, here's an interesting story. Dozens of former Republican and Democratic officials announced on Wednesday a new national political third party to appeal to millions of voters they say are dismayed with what they see as America's dysfunctional two-party system. The new party called Forward and whose creation was first reported by Reuters will initially be co-chaired by former Democratic presidential candidate Andrew Yang and Christine Todd Whitman. Well, I knew one of them. They hope the party will become a viable alternative to the Republican and Democratic parties that dominate U.S. politics. Ben, your thoughts? Laughable. La- absolutely laughable. You know what, and, and D, it was one of those things where I hadn't really paid attention to it uh, until this morning. I got finally got around to taking like a deeper dive. I mean, you know, I saw the headline, I heard about it. Uh, uh, and then I, so I read their, their uh, launching essay in the Washington Post. And by the way, if I could just shamelessly plug the uh, uh, a weekend bonus drop with David Ferris, we'll be talking about this. But and I'll probably be writing about this because this is what I call a false equivalency. You got one party that's like freaking overtaking the capital, all right? And saying, Well, we don't like the last election. I mean, Dennis had a good point about a week ago or two weeks ago, D. I don't want to make it seem like it was only one time you had a good point. Uh, it is, kind of that's how it goes, really. But you know my thing about false equivalency? So they like Compare Bernie to, I don't know, like some right-wing nutcase who says the election was false. So, oh, Bernie Sanders is a nutcase, America, because what? He wants health care for all? Like, that makes him an extreme nutcase, like some lunatic who's overtaking the Capital because Donald Trump told him to. You get what I'm saying, D? So I'm reading this essay and I'm like, they're talking, the far left says this, the far right says that. I'm like, you're comparing the lunatics who took over the Capitol with Bernie Sanders? I'm like, yeah, you know, you could have a policy disagreement with Bernie Sanders, meet somewhere in the middle. He will compromise. A lot of his lefty followers are mad at him because they think he compromises too much. How you can have a compromise with someone who says the election was stolen? And I don't honor this government at all. I'm going to change the laws to make sure they never get elected again. To me, it's a classic case of false equivalency. You know what it is, D? It's just a bunch of Republicans who don't like taxes, but they're embarrassed by Trump and MAGA. So they're like, well, we'll form our own party. That's my just immediate thought. Well, you know, I don't know. If you think about it, though, if there ever was a time for a third party. Give every single teacher a raise to the equal raise of getting out of the $60,000 level. Number two, make sure that we bring in to help the student. The, I mean, yeah, the embarrassed by Trump. The yeah. That but. come from home. The problems that come from home. We need, we have one school psychologist for every 1,500 kids in America today. It's crazy. The teachers are, and I'm married to a teacher. They have every problem coming to them. Play the radio. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the phone. Make sure the kids hear words. A kid coming from a very poor school, or a very poor background, will hear four million words fewer spoken uh, by the time they get there. There's so much. We, no, I'm, I'm. Uh, make sure the kids hear. I haven't heard that one in a while. That was the full riff. Yeah, I know that's where, yeah, that's where it came I from. Would make kids, <laughs> it was the full riff. I forgot there was a lead in. Uh, so okay. <laughs> So, you know, maybe, you know, if there's ever a time, if there's ever a time for maybe bringing up a third party. First of all, Joey may not be the presidential candidate uh, in two years anyway, if you listen to Sergio Mims. Uh, Once again, if there's ever a time for a third party, the guy who's president may not even run again. Yeah, he may not run again. Uh, But I sure don't want those watered down Republicans uh, but, but I guess they'd be better than uh, MAGA, I suppose. I don't know. But uh, they watered down the stick. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, but D, I, every time I say it, I say it once, I say it twice. I know the voters of America. I know the voters of Chicago. And they are not deterred by a candidate who cannot complete a sentence. They are not deterred by a candidate who uh, may be in the early stages of dementia. They're just not. They Before you were born, no, you were a, a little infant. You were little Dennis in Alton going, go, 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 go. And <laughs> the American voters reelected Ronald Reagan, even though he was in the early stages of Alzheimer's, D. Okay? Can I, all he had to do was get to a debate and make a funny line. That was enough. Chicago voters, five terms in a row, elected Richard M. Daley. The man cannot complete a sentence. That was enough. So Joey B stumbling over, you know, just play the record, the phonograph. The, I don't know. <laughs> you know, a lot of voters will go, I'll vote for him because I feel smart when I hear him. You know what I'm saying, D? I feel like I'm a smart guy. He's he's not smarter than me. Hey, so they, great cold opening. <laughs> Your Ben Jarofsky show for Friday, July 29th is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union and Chicago Reader, ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. Where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what kind of pot to smoke sometimes and so much more, including columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky. Hey, how about that thing we did last week, huh? Where we went to the vault. Hold on, let me get in the vault here. <laughs> What's that? Don't oh, don't open the vault. Okay. Yeah, don't. there's a lion in that vault. <laughs> or did we lose that sound clip? Apparently, we lost some sound clips, ladies and gentlemen. That I really probably shouldn't get into this. This is <laughs> for the love of God, don't. Hey, we lost the sound clip. Check out those columns. Chicago Reader, ChicagoReader.com. And if you want to help out this program, you can. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. J-O-R-A. V is in victory. S-K-Y. It is Friday, July 29th. And this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. your host, Chicago Reader columnist, Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this. I can't help myself. I like Willie Wilson Friday. And here's why. All right. We're going to get into this a little later, I think, with uh, Dennis and uh, Oh, What a Week. But I was just reading before we went on the air uh, the Sun-Times article where Willie Wilson, a perennial mayoral candidate, lays out his uh, plan to register how many? One million new voters in Chicago. Now, I, I could just hear all my lefty listeners, Ben, Willie Wilson's a Republican. Ben, Willie Wilson voted for Trump. Ben, Willie Wilson voted for Ronald. Yeah, 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 it's all true. But registering a million new voters, nobody in Chicago, nobody talks about doing that. Definitely Donald Trump <laughs> and Bruce Ronner don't talk about doing that because they would vote against them. And the powers that be in the city of Chicago, like Lori Lightfoot, et cetera, they don't talk about that because guess what? Those new voters will vote against them. The way to win in Chicago's uh, traditionally is to keep the vote down. Chicago Democrats are the exact opposite of MAGA. MAGA tries to get every single MAGA person to vote. <laughs> Chicago Democrats try to keep Democrats from voting. That's their way to win. So here comes Willie Wilson talk about registering a million people, people who are alienated from the process. And he says, I don't care if they don't vote for me. It's the right thing to do. And he's right. A, it's the right thing to do. And he's also right that most of them wouldn't vote for him. So, I, D, I know I'm gonna, they're probably going to take him away with my lefty card. You know, every now and then I, I get punished. I, I have to go sit in the corner of the room. But what can I tell you? Just, I just read the article before I came on the air. And Willie Wilson, good idea. How about that? All right, without further ado, the man with the legend. The pride and joy of Alton, Illinois, with Oh What a Week. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And Ben, you know, they may take your lefty card, but they will never, ever take your hippie card. <laughs> that is, unless you didn't roll a joint with it already. I don't know, probably. You know, I just want to say something. Uh, not that I have anything against hippies. Uh, 
I wasn't a hippie back in the day, D. I was way too into sports. I was like, oh, boy, sports. <laughs> I, but I wasn't good enough athlete to be a jock. So I was just kind of like a loser. All right, this just in. Ben Jarofsky has officially lost his hippie card. Give me that thing. <laughs> but now people regard me as a hippie because I'm old and still a lefty. If you're old and still a lefty, you're a hippie. You know, that's kind of how you're. Oh, he's just an old freaking hippie in his attic. Uh, <laughs> you got to be. You have to be realistic about things and join the forward party. <laughs> that's what you do. <laughs> Oh, not a forward fan. Not a forward <laughs> fan. Give him a few what months. A Give him a few months. He may be moving forward. Oh, oh you see I saw what you did there. I see what they did there. I, I feel like there's a lot of good puns coming soon with this forward party. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna tell you right now, there is no way Dr. D will ever vote for anybody in the forward party, and that is a fact. I don't know. We used to play this game uh during the summer of twenty nineteen, one of my favorite summers, great summer. Seemed like another universe ago. Like we would rank the Democratic candidates for a president. One of them was Andrew Yang. Never once did Andrew Yang make it into Doctor D's top five. Not once. No, no. You (laughs) and you made fun of me. Remember when he made it into my top five a couple times? You made fun of me. Yeah. Yeah, how about that, ladies and gentlemen? The producer made fun of the host. Hey, good with it. I'm walking it back. I, I like Andrew Yang. You know, if he's going to be in another party, that's cool. You know, like, wow, you, like what are you, what are you doing one. in the Democratic Party? Talking all this stuff. You know, a lot of people seemed like third party candidates, but they're in the Democratic Party. Like, oh, quit, quit cutting corners, would you? Go in the third Wait. party with that crap. He's walking back, ladies and gentlemen. Look how he's walked off the cliff. No, boom. Andrew Yang, get ready. I got a feeling this forward party will involve uh, no tie wearing. So I think that's going to win you over in the long run, Ben. By the way, I remember Whitman. You mentioned you didn't know who she was, but that's because you're young and I'm old. I remember when she was the governor of New Jersey. So she was kind of like, she was kind of, she wasn't as nutty as Bruce Rauner, but she was sort of a Rauner-esque Republican. You know what I'm saying? She was uh, for abortion rights. Uh, and but she wasn't as nutty on union issues as Ronner was just insane on union issues. So anyway, that's kind of if you kind of put her in a political universe, one could say I'm a little more forward thinking than you are at the moment. <laughs> one could say that. <laughs> yes, one could say. That. All right, everybody, let's do this. Oh, what a week. It's Lollapalooza weekend. Why the hell is this still a thing? <laughs> Lollapalooza has been happening since 1991 and has been a Chicago exclusive since 2005. Did you know that, Ben? I uh, did not know that. No. That's true. About 30 years altogether, 17 years in Chicago. Well, minus that one year when life as we knew it ended, thanks to that damn dirty coronavirus. So I guess 16 years in Chicago exclusively. But, you know, in honor of this wretched event and because... (laughs) Rumor has it the event could be leaving Chicago soon. More on that coming up. But today, we are going to put our host, Ben Jarofsky, to the test. And we're going to do a little Lollapalooza trivia. That's right. In fact, let's do one right now. Ben Jarofsky, Lollapalooza trivia. Name one band at Lollapalooza this year. Oh, I could do that. Oh, come on. One. That's too- I just need Metallica. one. Metallica. Nice. Great job. And I only know that because I heard Lori Lightfoot's. I read this article about Lori Lightfoot and Lollapalooza, and she's like really fired up to see. Now, come on, the follow-up, name one song by uh, Metallica. Um, Stairway to Heaven? Oh, (laughs) even I knew that. I I can't do it. The Ben Jarowski Show, the only show where the host gives himself (laughs) his own questions (laughs) and tries to answer them, and he doesn't know them. I don't know. That was a bizarre (laughs) moment there. Can you name one song by Metallica? Absolutely. Master of Puppets. For Whom the yeah. Bell Tolls. Fuel. Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. Hooah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. King Nothing. Uh, Wait, is Metallica the one with Ozzy Justice Osborne? for All. Come on. No, no. Metallica's <laughs> is James Hetfield, Kirk Hammett, Lars Ulrich, and uh, well, the, they got a newer bass player in the last 20 some odd years. Man, you know a lot about Metallica. So you'll be there. No, I'm more of a Pantera man myself. But anyway, Ben, can you name two? Can you name two bands that are Lollapalooza? Uh, I name one. Now you're making make me name two. Oh, you're not feeling uh, lucky today, huh? Okay. Um, Chance the Rapper. 
I'd have to look that up. I don't know. Okay, well, <laughs> just guess. I mean, like, who would? I don't know. Uh, I, t- I tell you what, I'll do some news. You go on one of those crazy rants, and I'll look up if uh, Chance the Rapper is going to be on. Uh, I actually don't think he's going to be there. So I just know I want that test. I just <laughs> realized that I don't even know who the hell's at this thing. The only one I because re- Lori Lightfoot was like, I love Metallica. She heard their sound check, and she was like, Oh wow, they were just really kicking it. I'm like, okay, Lori. Well, but Metallica. Metallica's came around the bend here. There was a time there in the early 2000s where they were like suing Napster and like people getting their music like illegally. And everybody thought they were douchebags. Like they're kind of coming around cool again. I'm through with rock music. Uh, and um, I just saw an article where Bruce Springsteen tickets, I think, were. Oh, yeah, your boy. Your boy. Yeah. What I'm the heck, man? Yeah, I'm done. Done with it. I'm in the. Old uh, 60s and 70s, uh, R&B and soul and jazz and uh, folk music and that. Catch him at Ravinia, ladies and gentlemen. All right. <laughs> Is Gladys Knight coming to Ravinia? I'd go see Gladys Knight, but I'm not sure she's coming to Ravinia. Is Gladys Knight going to be at, at uh, Lollapalooza? No. No, Harold Melvin, the Blue Note's going to be at a no, hell no. Uh, t- you know what I'm saying, D? I the know. Jays are they going to be allowed? No, if you're going to have a good group, they don't bring them the Lollapalooza. There, I said it. I heard that, brother. I'm in that boat now too. My favorite bands. I'm an old guy now. Like Deftones aren't going to be there. When's 311 coming to Lollapalooza? All right, moving. 311 or 311? 311, like the number okay. 311. More Lollapalooza trivia coming up. All right. <laughs> Okay. Listeners, feel free to play along. See if you can beat uh, Ben Jarofsky. Heads up. You will. He'll do awful. Lollapalooza trick. See, I already got one right. All right. Let's find out what happened in Chicago and or Illinois this week. We begin in Chicago. Let's go, Bears. Let's go, Bears. Leave already. Leave already. No, wait, stay. No, wait, stay. The city is torn. Will the Bears football franchise actually leave Chicago to play in Arlington Heights? Well, regardless, Mayor Lori Lightfoot has laid out her plan for the Chicago Bears Stadium and surrounding museum campus. She wants to build a $2.2 billion dome over the stadium and pay for it in part by selling naming rights. Now, like most politicians tend to do, the mayor refused to say how she planned to pay for a domed and expanded soldier field. There's a surprise. She didn't rule out building the dome without the Bears, noting plenty of cities have had two NFL (laughs) franchises. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That's a little shot to you, Bears. We can get another football team. Who needs it? But she has ideas, all right, for this building or stadium. The task force recommended transforming Solidarity Drive into a year-round plaza, creating educational programs for kids and adding large-scale art to rejuvenate. The campus. The report also recommended improving CTA service and reducing traffic in the area. Translation: a mall. Uh, all right. Uh, before I take the deep dive in this, time to uh, turn the tables. A little trivia question uh, for you, oh, Doctor Z, and our many listeners out there. Don't cheat. Look at your phone. Okay. Uh, all right. So you said that Lori Lightfoot mentioned uh, in a press conference that some cities have two NFL franchises. Chicago used to have two uh, NFL franchises, the Chicago Bears. What was the name of the other pro football team in Chicago back in the 50s? And I think they lasted until the 60s. Dr. D, go. <laughs> the Cardinals? Yes. I am stunned that you know that. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it's, I'm I'm like I I can't even get the one. Usually, that's the point where he doesn't know the answer, so he makes fun of me for knowing the answer because the only way I would know the answer is if I were old. That's what he would usually do. Or I'd say something like Maria Haddon, <laughs> just to keep Maria. it spicy, or you know, keep the show going. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, that, by the way, he learned from me a little trick. He learned from me, um, but. Uh, Wow. Okay. I guess you knew that because you're from downstate and you were a St. Louis Cardinals fan. Yeah. When we were in St. Louis. Okay, there you go. Wow. I get, but but they hey, they had moved to St. Louis long before or long after they had left Chicago. But gotta give you credit. And when I first moved uh to uh the Chicago area in Evanston in the nineteen sixties, there were still people that I knew who were like, Oh, I'm a Cardinal fan. I'm not a Bears fan. <laughs> Chicago it's, you know, you gotta pick one or the other because that's the Chicago thing to do. Uh, so anyway, good ways for knowing. All right, going back to Lori Life. Well, you know, 
it's an election year, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot's throwing out all these uh, grand ideas, uh, which, of course, nobody particularly wants, nobody needs. Uh, the money could be spent on things that we really do want and really do need. It's like basic stuff. You know, like, so instead of having NASCAR with its own little racetrack, how about, oh, here's a radical idea, paving the streets of Chicago. Unless you're going to have NASCAR citywide, as I propose, that's the only way the streets of Chicago will ever get paved is if there's a race on it that doesn't involve Chicagoans. Because the city of Chicago will make, never take care of Chicagoans, but they'll always go, it's a good investment, Ben, if we take care of people who don't live in Chicago. And somehow or other, their idea that the way to invest in the city is to invest in people who don't live in the city uh, and very rarely come to the city as opposed to the people who live here and pay the taxes to support the city. That's how Chicago mayors view the world. Not just this one, the one before. What was his name again? I forgot his name. Oh, yes. <laughs> Rahm Emanuel, that one. And the one before that. What was his name? Richard M. Daly. So, yeah, so this idea of putting a dome over Soldier Field, what a joke. What a freaking joke. I think we're going to get into this a little more when we talk about a certain PQ. So I'll hold back a little bit. Uh, and uh, I'll just say uh, right now that I don't believe there's anyone in the city of Chicago who is strongly, strongly what, uh, desirous of a dome over Soldier Field. Oh, I'm sure there's a few Chamber of Commerce types. Probably don't even live in Chicago. But even the Sun-Times trashed the idea in its editorial, and even the Tribune trashed the idea. Uh, the Tribune is just generally waving the flag for anything that goes to rich people. So uh, it's a joke, D. It's an election year ploy. Uh, probably never happened, but it just sort of kind of illustrates how far removed <laughs> from reality you know, City Hall is at any given time with their ideas a doom over but it's such a weird looking stadium anyway with the rebuild that they did in 2001 which was a handout to the bears now we're being told somehow or other that it's inadequate it's already inadequate it's like 20 years it's already inadequate and we're still paying off the loan for an inadequate oh ben you don't understand we have to keep up with dallas who is that who's that thing. voice you're doing is that a person you know, it's just like a combination of like responsible, <laughs> the, the, the kind of people in Chicago who would go, I'm thinking seriously, thinking of joining the forward party. <laughs> but there is kind of a guy that I think of D that we both know when I say these things, I am not going to mention names. And if Dennis mentions the name, I will deny that. That's the person. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I could just, you know, it's like the. Um, I'll just give you a hint, the uh, shower, and that's all. Uh, anyway, um, so, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> he's nodding his head. Oh, okay, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, And, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, uh, that's a, uh, it's an election year ploy, ladies and gentlemen, and I do not think it will come to pass. Uh, but on the other hand, Arlington Heights, I want to give a shout out to listener Frank, um, who sent me hey, a, Frank. Uh, uh, an article uh, about the Arlington Heights taxpayers voting very closely, the vote was, to approve uh, more funding for their public schools. So shout out to Arlington Heights. They care deeply about the funding, funding the public schools. But it was a very close vote because people in Arlington Heights, like people everywhere, uh, fund their education by and large through property taxes, and they don't want the property taxes to rise. I have a little piece of a warning for you, Arlington Heights. I'm whispering it because the powers that be don't, don't want you to know this. But when the bears come to Arlington Heights, you're going to pay for it with your property taxes. <laughs> I'm laughing, D, because I don't have to worry about it. I got so much on my plate, I cannot worry about property taxes in Arlington Heights. Okay? I don't live there. I don't pay them. If they want, if they're going to believe whatever nonsense their mayor says, about the wonders of TIF funding, <laughs> you know what, D? Can't I can't worry about them. I'm I'm I can't do it. Nope. Can't. Uh oh, Barack Obama. I'm, I've been t overtaken by Barack Obama. Can't, can't. Uh, Arlington Heights. Mm -mm. Or maybe it's Alexi Giannoulias. Arlington Heights. Can't worry about it. Nope. So raise your taxes. Bring the bears in. Arlington Heights, you're going to come face-to-face -face with one of the worst football teams of all time. <laughs> and you'll be funding them. 
underwriting them. So better you than me. That's generally my attitude, D, about the Bears in Arlington Heights. All right. So uh, talking about a second team in Chicago for football, any ideas for team names? Um, wow. I hadn't thought of that. Right. Um, and you can't pick the Bulls. It's already taken. No, I would never. My beloved Chicago Bulls. Love the Chicago Bulls. Um, how about the Crooks? Oh, there we go. <laughs> well, we, or the Hacks. <laughs> I like you that. Know, we I just, like our that. town is filled with Hacks. The Hacks, the Crooks, the Golongs, the Bins. <laughs> well, come on, for, the, for the people who go, Ben, you have to look at it this way. <laughs> so, you know, how about the Centrists? The Chicago Centrists. Oh, that's actually kind of cool. the middle of the road. And it sounds cool. It's on both sides. There we go. The Chicago Centrists. That's a practical, pragmatic football team that will always be 500. It's time for the latest installment of everyone's favorite daily Chicago political soap opera, A Mayor and Her Alderman. A Mayor and Her Alderman. (laughs) The Chicago Alderman. How about that football team? Oh, that's actually not bad. That's actually not bad. Why don't we just name name it for uh, Danny Solis, the Chicago Danny Solis, because Danny Solis is the owner of the 25th Ward, ladies and gentlemen, did something that got him in trouble with the feds, uh, and to avoid a harsh penalty, he said he would wear a wire, and he's effectively brought down Ed Burke, and I think he's probably has a hand in bringing on Michael Madigan, and I would have argued on this show in the face of much resistance from many guests, that he is the most significant figure in Chicago reform. Okay, I got reform in quotes. So I say we name the football team after him. Just as it's kind of, in some ways, it'll illustrate, you know, the corruption in Chicago, the deceit in Chicago, the treachery in Chicago, the politics in Chicago. D, thank you for that suggestion. I believe the new football team in Chicago, if Lori Lightfoot is able to bring a football team to Soldier Field, which is just so laughable on so many levels, uh, should be Danny Solis, the Chicago Danny Solis. Yeah, 44, 2020. <laughs> in this episode of A Mayor and Her Alderman, Chicago Alderwoman Michelle Smith's decision to retire leaves a huge hole in the city council, a hole that a handful of hopefuls are looking to fill. Shia Campos and Politico reports that as many as eight men and two women have indicated an interest in Smith's job representing the 43rd Ward, known for council members with a huge voice. Campos noted that whoever the next alderman is, they need to represent the Lincoln Park area with its demanding residents who work as top executives and attorneys in Chicago. Names popping up so far to apply? Well, it's a bunch of names I've never heard of in my life. (laughs) How about Zoning Board of Appeals Chair Timothy Knudsen, Sheffield Neighborhood Association President Brian Comer, Howe Orchard Burling Neighborhood Association Board Member Brad Kessler, Ben, hold your excitement, and Restaurant Group Owner Steve McClellan. So, all right, I could go on and on about this. I think I've mentioned this in the passing uh, in previous shows. I don't understand why Michelle Smith sat down. Uh, I understand why she would not want to run for re-election. It's a personal decision. She has pressing family issues, she said. But I don't see the point of stepping down just, what, six months before uh, the term. Her term is officially over, uh, however months it is. I mean, effectively, it's over as soon as the next campaign starts because she's a, a lame duck alderman. Uh, this just goes through this cockamamie process where the mayor, uh, these people come before the mayor and bow (laughs) before the, please, madam mayor, pick me, uh, guaranteeing that they will be her puppets forever. Uh, it's just, it, uh, just any pretense of democracy is thrown out the window, uh, in the city of Chicago with this. So she, I think she should have stayed. Uh, that said the 43rd ward is the quintessential when, okay, D, you asked me what that voice was that I use when people go, Ben, you gotta do this. <laughs> the centrist. It's 43rd Ward people. And just allow me this one, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm gonna go back in time. Just put up with me for a moment. The 43rd Ward used to be, it was like one of those wards that gentrified, started gentrifying in the late 60s. So it used to be a working class, white, uh, Puerto Rican, black community, uh, as, and then uh, hippies, real hippies, D started moving, not like fake hippies like me, okay? Like hippies who like, oh, you watch roller derby? 
type hippies, okay? Uh, and then the hippies, they got legitimate jobs, they made money, and they became yuppies, all right? And um, they kind of like that family. What was the, that Michael J. Fox show? Family Ties. Yeah. Was that Family Ties? Yeah, where are you? Right. Was... I always get Family Ties mixed up with Full House. Alex P. Keaton. Yes. Uh, and he was the, the conservative, and his parents were like wishy-washy liberals. Mm -hmm. They would fit in in Lincoln Park, totally. Uh, and now... They're either the people who live in Lincoln Park. There's a lot of Republicans there. You know, Trump's got a point, Ben. Or there's the, down the middle of the road, Will Ben. You got to admit that this radical leftist agenda is destroying America. But I believe in a woman's right to choose. So that's that's them right down the middle of the road. That is just the 43rd Ward. Uh, and they haven't had like an independent thought in terms of how the city runs. Out in this century. So, you know, D, it's hard to take serious the politics in the 43rd Ward. And I urged Monroe Anderson uh, to run for Alderman because uh, he, for years, has lived in the 43rd Ward, but then he was gerrymandered. Now he's in the second ward. Uh, so, D, whoever um, is elected Alderman, I'm sure there'll be sort of a respectable Chamber of Commerce type down the middle of the road let's invest in our sports teams in our downtown and let's not overdo it with these social programs ben okay and that's the 43rd ward in a nutshell all right well fingers crossed i'm really hoping that next week on this list of names popping up to apply as legendary chicago journalist monroe anderson i'm hoping I'm hoping. Well, you know, he'll have to move back in there. But yeah, I think I think he should. Uh, by the way, who was the guy that was a funny? It, it, this is something in a nutshell, and then he would be like, in a nutshell, who was the comedian? That I always, uh, I'm drawing a blank. Michael Myers. Did oh, that, Austin Powers. Help! I'm in Austin a nutshell. Powers. Yeah, <laughs> I always thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, me too. A mayor and her alderman. <laughs> Do whatever you want. Okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the Chicago mayoral race, hey, Willie Wilson, will you quit doing cool stuff? All right. I'm not supposed to like you. What are you doing? I like him. What well, can I say? While all the other 2023 Chicago mayoral candidates are out trying to raise a million dollars, Lori Lightfoot included, Chicago mayoral candidate Willie Wilson, well, he's out to raise a million voters. He's already got a million dollars. So the following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and by God, Fran Spielman. Millionaire businessman Willie Wilson on Thursday launched a massive voter registration with the ambitious goal of adding one million new voters to the Chicago rolls by the February 28th mayoral and aldermanic election. Voter turnout for the mayoral election in February 2019 was 35.4 percent or 560,701 of Chicago's 1.58 million registered voters. Turnout dropped to 33% for the runoff, which Lori Lightfoot won over Cook County Board President. TP. TP. In the June 28th, Illinois primary to nominate candidates for a host of offices, including governor, attorney general, and secretary of state, the turnout was an even more dismal 22.8%. Wilson is determined to turn the tide of voter apathy before the mayoral election, which will be his second attempt to win the office. That is pathetic. And I'll just read those numbers. I wrote them down, D. Uh, so turnout. And this, OK, so this is just the percentage of eligible voters uh, who voted. Willie Wilson is talking about increasing the number of eligible voters. That's what you mean by registering new voters. So the percentage of people who are registered to vote was 34% turned out for round one of the 2019 mayoral. It went down to 33 for round two. So somehow or other, I don't know, D, I guess it's like they, people who their candidates lost it. Ah, forget it. I don't like, actually, you know, I can kind of understand it. Now. I know some people like this. I don't like Lightfoot. I don't like Preckwinkle. I'm just not voting. So it went down to 33, 33%. 22% is Apps. Oh, we'll round up. It's 22.8. 23% is dismal, as uh, Franz Spielman wrote. Uh, it is pathetic. And uh, it just shows uh, that the voters of Chicago are completely and utterly disengaged and alienated from the process. And I can't say, as much as I shame voters, that I blame them, D, because 
I can't think of anything that our public officials do uh, that helps people in the city of Chicago. So we just had this great debate over the issue of um, raising the threshold to get a speeding ticket. Uh, And the pertinent point that was out there on the table was that this is punishing black people. And we should not continue a policy that punishes black people. And so what did the city of Chicago do? They reaffirmed the policy. So they're going to continue to punish black people. Now, D, what would you, if you're a logical human being in the city of Chicago, and you saw that where people pointed out, ladies and gentlemen, our policy discriminates against black people. And then you watch the city reaffirm that policy. What is a logical person supposed to conclude other than they don't care about me? (laughs) They will never care about me. Voting for one means voting for someone who will get into office and completely not do what they said they were going to do, which is a feeling I have (laughs) because I actually voted for the victorious mayoral candidate. So as much as I uh, am accused, and it's true, I shame voters all the time. Yes, Miles Conflossen, I'm guilty of that. Yes, Micah Ubrick, I'm guilty of that. Who else is Any millennial lefty always accuses Ben Ukin. <laughs> My millennial lefty voice is, well, in the case of Micah, oh, Ben Ukin, vote shame voters, they're always right. So it's hard for me to vote, I vote shame when I look at how disengaged the city. And then let's not forget that while she's doing this and saying we must stop people from speeding, she brings NASCAR here and then says, I'm hoping that some little nine-year-old will be inspired to want to be a race car driver by watching NASCAR. Oh, and where are they going to practice? They're going to practice on the streets of Chicago. And then they're going to get arrested. I'm going to throw you in jail and take your car. Wait a minute. I thought you wanted them to reach their dreams. Like, think about it, D. Where is a nine-year-old growing up to be a 16-year-old gonna pra- in the city of Chicago going to practice NASCAR racing? So on one hand, it's like, I hope they reach their dreams of being speedy drivers. Well, you know where they're going to go? They're going to go, like, wherever there's a straightaway. My hand went on a wheel. So the city just says one thing, does something else, D, and the result when it comes to voting is 23%, which means, hold on, D, while I do some math, which means great moments in Danny Biss here, ladies and gentlemen, 77% of folks say, yeah, doesn't affect me in the least. I'm not bothering. So, Willie, Wilson, if you could change that in some way to get people fired up and register to vote, You've done a service, in my humble opinion. Now, I think hats off to the Willie Wilson campaign, by the way. The gas giveaway, pretty original, pretty creative. And now we got this, uh, you know. I forgot it came before the gas. Remember the money? It was literally giving away money. You forgot that one. Right. Well, that was, now, did he do that more recently? I remember he was doing that in the last mayoral. I believe it may have been the last mayoral because I believe I was on the radio station talking about it. Uh, But then we also, there, there was... We talked about it. We remember he came on the show. I think he still was doing it, but whatever. Anyway, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, you see, you can tell Dennis is a huge fan of Willie Wilson. We're going to come down to a really tough question for Dr. D later in the show. <laughs> and you're going to watch him put on his dancing shoes. So get ready for this. I've talked about DB Travolta. You know, I think it's pretty I've cool. about JB Travolta. Now you're going to meet DD Travolta, Dr. D. Travolta. <laughs> oh, Dr. D. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Moving on. And one more mayoral story. And my God, I hope it's true. France Spielman apparently packed a lunch this week, Ben. <laughs> because she dropped another great piece. Former Illinois Governor Pat Quinn said Tuesday he will decide by the end of the summer. <laughs> Got that fishing trip he wants to <laughs> whether to join the crowded field of candidates seeking to deny Mayor Lori Lightfoot a second term. Now, I think it's fair to speculate that he is, in fact, running for mayor. I know he said he's going to give us a decision on Tuesday, but I have this assumption mainly based on the following quote from Quinn himself. Quote, I navigated our state through and I think that I can navigate our city through its crisis right now. You've got to have people who know what they're doing and believe in everyday voters of our city. 
Sounds like a guy who's about to run for mayor, if you ask me. But it is worth noting that Quinn did support Lightfoot over County Board President Tony Preckwinkle in the 2019 mayoral runoff. But Lightfoot reneged on her campaign promise to fight for and abide by a two-term limit for the mayor of Chicago. All right. Uh, Pat Quinn's been on the show many times. I know, I've known Pat Quinn forever. Uh, and I've said this on the show, uh, that for the longest time, I could not resist uh, punching <laughs> The little dot next to his name. I voted for Pat Quinn a D every time up until his last race for attorney general. And I thought about all the times he ran. I remember interviewing Pat Quinn in the eighties and him explaining property taxes to me. This is before he was an elected official and going to, uh, uh, to uh, meetings in Lincoln park. Oh my God. It was in Lincoln park <laughs> before Lincoln park gentrified. Uh, and folks were freaking out over their pro- property taxes, and Pat Quinn was explaining how the system worked. Uh, so, uh, I, I, he got me to sign his petition. Remember that day is for limiting uh, the the mayor to two terms. So I must admit uh, that I've always been a big fan of Pat Quinn, even if we don't see eye to eye and everything. He's a little more conservative uh, than I am, to put it mildly. Uh, so uh, that said. Uh, I was very uh, encouraged when he said that he would um, was thinking about running for mayor because I essentially believe that he's a decent human being. He's not a bully like our last three mayors have been bullies. I kind of like to try this experiment. You know, this is an interesting experiment for Chicago. Chicagoans are dedicated to the notion uh, that life is bleak, uh, that the forces of nature are strong, that are bringing us down uh, toward destruction. Uh, and the only way we can avoid being utterly destroyed uh, is to have a tyrannical, <laughs> to quote uh, DB, Darabini, Hey, friends. Uh, are- oh, hey, no. uh, and so, uh, so Pat Quinn, who's, Generally, a nice guy has a decent thing to say about pretty much anybody, even if he just had a fight with them. You know, he comes on the show, D, and you notice he never has a bad thing to say about anybody. You know, yeah. well, Ben, I, you know, I, you know, he's not a bad guy. Uh, um, so uh, I'd be uh, very interested if he runs, to put it mildly. Yeah, all of the making for someone who would not be a good candidate for mayor. Like, my goodness, just because, I don't know, I don't, Chicago doesn't handle nice too well. Nice yes. guys. I know. I agree with you 100. percent You know, so I, that would go against him. I've already like uh, I, I can already. You got to be tougher than him, and you got to be mean and nasty. So it is Chicago. Uh, but this is the part of the story I really got a kick out of the uh, from Fran Spielman's article about uh, Patrick Quinn, uh, and so he is. I should point out, 73 years old. Which is funny. Whenever he comes on the show, you always notice that he makes fun of me for being old. Yeah, yeah. You're, ben, you're so old. I hear you were at, you know, on the Mayflower. <laughs> Got jokes and stuff. And I'm just over here ripping both of you guys. <laughs> I go, wait, PQ, you're older than me. Oh, well, let's forget that. Anyway, uh, so he's 73 years old. Uh, and so uh, Fred Spielman raised the issue that maybe at age 73, he's just too old for the challenges Chicago faces. Uh, and so she confronted him uh, with uh, that uh, issue. And his here was his response. And I quote, and I will not do it in a Pat Quinn imitation. I'll just read it straight up. Ready, Dave? <clears throat> Although Barack Obama could emerge from like halfway through this, as he somehow always does. So here we go. Uh, and when asked about if he's too old, he said, and here's the quote. I played basketball last night at Union Park. A group of young people were playing next to me. They saw me shooting. They said, quote, gee, that guy is making more than he's missing. Quinn said proudly, quote, they didn't ask how old I was. They asked whether I could do the job getting the ball in the basket, unquote. Now, I love you, Pat Quinn. I know you're a heck of, He's actually a good basketball player, D. He is. I've seen him play. A nice shot. Uh, but I do not believe any young person said, gee. Okay? I don't believe a young person has said, gee, since... Pat Quinn was young. Gee, I'm going to go to the store. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, run, Patty, run. That's what I say, Patrick Quinn. You know, the more the merrier in the race, right, D? The more the merrier in the race. All right, tell the truth. Do you think some (laughs) kid said to Pat Quinn, uh, G? That's the first question for you. Well, I think he kind of took it the wrong way. Like, he was like, yo, what up, G? (laughs) Now, ladies and gentlemen, get ready uh, for uh, D.D. Travolta. Yeah, you say you like Willie Wilson. I think he's a cool guy. All right. I also know that you love 
Patrick Quinn. Okay. And uh, he's one of your favorite guests that I bring to the show right up there with Troy LaRabier. So if you had to choose and you may have to choose between one or the other, it's a runoff. There's no other candidate in a race. Who do we vote for? Willie Wilson or Patrick Quinn? Go. Pat Quinn. Wow. I thought he would duck and dodge. No I way. thought he was going to duck and dodge. I can't give you credit. All right. Lollapalooza is in town this weekend, which means I'm getting the hell out of here. But yes, thousands upon thousands are here for the dumb music buffet. But listen up, Lollapaloozers. <laughs> it's time for some more Ben Jarofsky show, Lollapalooza trivia. What is this, a trivia show this week? I guess so, because we've done like 20 of them already. But Ben, I have Lollapalooza trivia for you. I'm pulling it up here. What is the name of the founder of Lollapalooza? Oh, uh, Perry Farrell. Nice. Perry Farrell. Name one band that Perry Farrell was in. James Addiction. Holy cow. You are passing this test with flying colors so far. I can't believe I've gotten three correct. You know what? Listeners, it's going to be a tough go for you guys. <laughs> I got three right. My, oh my. Holy crap. Oh, we do got to talk about uh, some Lollapalooza news that went on, though. Uh, It says here, as producers negotiate with city officials on a pact to keep Lollapalooza in town, some residents, aldermen and parks uh, advocates wonder if they'll have any say in the decision, especially after the Chicago Park District quietly executed a one-year contract extension for this year's festival without any public discussion or vote. No, you will have no say. So just get ready for that. That's part of Chicago. They don't want you to have a say. They want to take over Grant Park for Lollapalooza, trashing the park, um, turning it into a mud field because Lollapalooza brings in money. And they don't care what you uh, uh, park lovers and park enthusiasts and nature lovers think. So you, the answer to your question is you will not have a say. Okay, that's it. <laughs> just you know to forget it this is never going to be a transparent city this is never going to be a city where we bring on the light this is always going to be a city where you got to know the right person and cut the deal away from the cameras and then what they do is they employ people to put a spin on it to make it something that you would want like nascar did anybody ask if you wanted nascar to come to chicago i don't think so now all of a sudden i see that they're going to close grant park for two weeks steve for nascar (laughs) two weeks did anybody ask you if you wanted to close grant park for two weeks i don't think so you know what they did was they said hey chicago great news we're bringing nascar to to town so that little nine-year-olds on the west and the south side can go one day I could be a NASCAR driver. Like that's the reason they're doing it, D. Okay. Uh, and then, oh, oh, by the way, in the aftermath, there's one article. It's always in cranes. It was linked to cranes. Here, Greg Hines, take this. Uh, Grand Park will be closed for two weeks. I, of course, can only read the headlines because they got that paywall. Oh, that damn paywall. <laughs> hey, cranes, I ain't hating your paywall. I'm not hating on your paywall. You got to pay the bills. God bless the pay. I'm just saying, I'm. I have not paid the money. Uh, I'm already supporting the Tribune, the Sun Times, the New York Times, the Washington. Come on, Chicago Cranes. I'm supporting quite a few publications. Come on, Cranes. And the Reader, my beloved Chicago Reader. Give a little money to them, too. So, D, uh, that's the answer to your question. Nope, they're not going to listen to you. They don't care what you say. You don't matter. Uh, (laughs) You're like most people in Chicago. You don't matter. And you know why you're so aggressive, Chicago? Because you know that. You've internalized that. Why are you mean and nasty to people saying hello to you in the street? Because you've internalized how mean and nasty the city leaders are to you. And so, and so it goes. You know, round and round we go, the circle goes. I don't know why I thought of that song. (laughs) Well, we're moving on to the statewide news. And hey. Someone tested negative for COVID-19. J.B. Brisker! <laughs> Let's make some noise! Sit up! Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, Governor J.B. Pritzker feeling better. Test negative after contracting COVID-19. Here's the tweet from the governor. I'm feeling better and have tested negative for COVID-19. See, it's true. He says, looking forward to getting back to work in person this week. 
Oh, and he also says, if you haven't done so, now's the perfect time to get your booster. All right. Well, I'm happy uh, JB is feeling better. Uh, and Joe Biden, Dennis's favorite president, also had a bout. And Dick Durbin. It's like, oh, we're going after liberals. Uh, <laughs> COVID doesn't play. Uh, I hope Dick Durbin gets uh, better as well. Senator Durbin, he had COVID too. Uh, and uh, I think, didn't Barack Obama have COVID, D? I, I think Barack Obama had COVID for a while, so I hope he's better as well. Um, now that uh, JB's uh, getting better, uh, I, I'm, uh, I think the moment has come for me to discuss him intervening. Uh, D, can uh, take this moment to talk about how he's intervening uh, in the race to see who is the chair of the state Democratic Party. Yeah, I saw that was all in the news this week. I was looking yeah. at it. It seems like a very uh, heady in the weeds kind of thing. So, you know, I'm glad you're talking about it. Okay, so uh, this is a story that I am, obs- I would say, mildly obsessed with. Uh, I find it a fascinating story. Uh, but this is a story that also reveals uh, D how out of touch I am with most people in the city of Chicago. Cause I think the number of people who share my interest in this story uh, could probably fit into my attic room here. And it's not a huge attic room. Uh, so uh, it, it is one of those in the weeds political stories about infighting in the democratic party uh, and uh, I've been following it closely. And so the bi- basics are this, the chair of the Democratic Party, the state of Illinois. And I know, folks, you don't want to hear this because you're not paying attention. But I might as well tell you anyway, because there might be someone out there who does care. Uh, Robin Kelly, she is a congresswoman uh, from the far south side of Chicago into the southern suburbs. And uh, she was elected, what was it? two years ago, I want to say, maybe four years ago, I've lost track of time, uh, over uh, Michelle Harris, the alderman, uh, the alderwoman of the 8th Ward, who was J.B. Pritzker's choice. Oh, it was after Michael Joseph Madigan was forced to step down when he got caught up in a corruption case. Uh, So there was a split. uh, And the reasons cited for uh, not uh, having Robin Kelly uh, as uh, chair of the Illinois Democratic Party is because as a congresswoman, she's limited in her ability to raise money for state races. There's supposed to be this division between federal race fundraising and state fundraising. Uh, and so it wasn't considered prudent or effective to have the chair of the Republic, the Democratic Party uh, raise money. Uh, the reality is most Democratic uh, politics these days are funded by J.B. Pritzker, who, uh, as we may have pointed out a few times in the show, is a billionaire. Uh, and, uh, as such, he's got a little more money to throw around than your average Joe or your average Dennis or your average Ben. Uh, so on one hand, I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> if JB wants a different chair, JB should get what JB wants. Cause he is paying the bills. Uh, on the other hand, we have this thing called democracy. Ever heard of it? And if the leaders of the democratic party in the state of Illinois want Robin Kelly, uh, as their chair, then they should get Robin Kelly as their chair. And I don't know why J.B. Pritzker would pick this time to meddle in this thing. It's like, hello, <laughs> you want all, everybody working together. Uh, as we head into this all-important primary season. So ordinarily, D.I.B. upset about this, concerned about it. Now I realize no one's paying attention. And I know this, no one is paying attention because I've done random questions. Trivia questions, not even trivia, just like I'll ask guests, do you want to talk about this? And they go, what, what, what is that? Could you send me an article? You don't even know about it. <laughs> Last night, by the way, I was at the, um, the reader uh, fundraiser. Shout out reader, my beloved Chicago reader, Tracy Bame. I see you. And um, a good time was had by all. And there was a lot of political, total political geeks there. D. I mean, really geeky geeks. And I had my you were there. So, yeah, (laughs) I had a kinship with several of the people there. So I had like with a couple of them, a really good conversation about this. All right. And it was all off the record, of course, because they were ripping JB. (laughs) You don't want to be known for ripping JB. (laughs) So, uh, you know, of course, uh, too late for me on that front. So, but I just feel like it's, not worth it. I wish he didn't get involved. Let Robin Kelly be the chair. And let's go in uh, to November, you know, like sort of like a unified party. Nope. Not my beloved Democrats. Yeah. Let's have a fight. 
Like it's okay to be alienate people. Hey, here's a great idea. Let's have a fight that has the potential to alienate key constituencies. So they're going to pit the black Democrats of the state versus the uh, Latino presidents of the state, Lisa Hernandez versus Robin. Oh, what a great idea, Dems. What a party. D, you know what? Why can't I be a member of the forward party? You know what I'm saying, D? Why can't I be like one of those guys who will go to admit they raise a good point? <laughs> well, I just can't. I, I try, but I can't. I'm stuck with this party. And it's like I watch them just self-destruct or try to self-destruct at every twist and turn of the road. So here's Hope and D. They're going to have their little vote on Saturday. They get her over with it, and they hold hands and sing kumbaya and move on because there's bigger fish to fry come November. There. Yeah. Uh, yeah, nothing wrong with being surprised every now and again, J.B. Pritzker. You don't have to control everything. My God. Come on, J.B. Let it go. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's fun sometimes to be surprised by something, you know? By the way, I did reserve you a spot for uh, the forward uh, party meeting in Evanston this Saturday. So just let me know, uh, you know. <laughs> Saved your spot. All right. Um, moving on in Illinois news. Speaking of that governor we got, we got an election coming up in November. Hey, friends, are you ready for government to dictate and control your lives again? You're one step closer. J.B. Pritzker, our tyrannical governor, just issued more mandates today. Friends, that's not right. That's not what government is about. Government is to inform and educate. We decide. God bless you. Well, God bless you. Uh, Darren Bailey. Had himself a week this week. On Tuesday, GOP gubernatorial candidate DB Darren Bailey. Standing with Illinois Fraternal Order of Police, Bailey hammered Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot and Governor J.B. Pritzker for the pandemic-era uptick in violent crime. These men and women who serve in law enforcement, they're heroes. Unfortunately, Mayor Lightfoot... Governor J.B. Pritzker and the other elite radicals in our state see our police members as the enemy. Elite radicals. Uh, yeah. Uh, hey, D.B., are Capitol Police heroes, too? Huh? Are the Capitol Police heroes, too? Oh, wait, you're not going to talk about that, are you, huh? Oh, I live in Illinois. <laughs> you know, D, there's a, I don't know if you knew this. I know this because I follow MAGA. Did you know there's a defund the police movement in MAGA? Not making this up. They make fun of defund the police movement from lefties. There's a defund the Capitol Police movement. Not making it up. I've got fundraising appeals about it. You can give money to a group, follow me on this, D, that's proposing to defund the Capitol Police. The Capitol Police, or of course, the police that defend the Capitol uh, from crime. And they, of course, were overrun by the insurrectionists uh, in, on January 6th. Uh, some of them beat up, sprayed, hit over the head. Remember the guy with the hockey stick? He got to brought a hockey stick to a protest rally. Huh? What? Say what? Uh, and, uh, but apparently the uh, supporters of the defund the Capitol Police think uh, there's something wrong with defending the Capitol. And that the police who defended the Capitol are actually the villains, not the pol- people hitting them over the heads with the hockey stick. So be really curious for DB's thoughts on uh, defunding the Capitol Police. But you know, D, you're not going to hear it. You want to know why? Because this sound. I'll do it again. What is that? What is that? Uh, some scissors? Hair? Haircuts? That's the same. It does sound more like a haircut. That's DB getting a crew cut. No, this is D. He has a crew cut. That's DB getting a crew cut. No, those are the sounds of DB's knees knocking. Oh. He's so afraid to say anything that may upset MAGA, but he can't go to MAGA without, you know, picking up just enough swing voter to win the election. So he's like, I'm not talking about anything. That has to do with Donald Trump, the insurrection, defund the Capitol Police, whether the election was stolen, Donald Trump's moves to dilute and change voting laws so that Republicans can get the victory uh, in the midterms and in 2024. Not talking about the people who support him and the movements they're making throughout the country. Nope. Just want to talk about a very sharp focus 
on whatever Johnny Catanzara. That was, by the way, did you notice the picture? JC was standing right behind him, looking very dapper. And sometimes, what's with you guys? You haven't had a Johnny Catanzara photo in a while. I've noticed that. Remember, D, they were pictures of Catanzara in the Sun-Times. All the, do, I, do I sense a little trouble in paradise between the bright one and Johnny C? Oh. I, I'm just saying these pictures have been in there. So, oh, been there. Uh, yeah, Darren Bailey is um, really tightening the focus. What do you call elite radicals? <laughs> I, I, I Listen, Lori Lightfoot, she may be elite, but she's not a radical. A JB, he may be elite and rich, but he's no radical. You know, I don't even know if I'm a radical. Kind of a wimpy radical. You know, the, I'm oh, like, come on. Be, don't be so hard on yourself. The weekend's coming up. You want to have a good weekend, <laughs> don't you? My gosh. You know what I'm going to do for the weekend? I'm going to go for a walk. Uh, I'm probably going to watch clips on YouTube of basketball and comedy. Oh. I'm going to read a book. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that's the fast lane. Mm. There you go. There you go. So, you know, I just have this to say uh, about DB. Uh, he's earned the nickname uh, DB Travolta because he dances around all these questions. He won't give you a straight answer to him. Uh, and he has earned the name uh, Sugar Ray Bailey with a great Sugar Ray Leonard in the ring. Uh, he's got a way to go before he gets as good as dancing, uh, tucking and dodging a question as J.B. Pritzker. That's for sure, for certain. But D, I still think I'm. St- I still think he has a chance to win because I take nothing for granted. Number one, I saw those numbers that uh, we were just talking about when, out of the city, and the, uh, what was it? Twenty-two percent of the vote. Twenty-three percent mm-hmm. of the people voted. The apathy, the alienation, the feeling that the Democratic Party is deserted. Uh, folks, I look at these stupid fights in fighting between J.B. Pritzker and Robin Kelly, and I'm like, you know, sometimes I think the Democrats want to lose. And so uh, I still think that Darren Bailey could be the next. And Monroe comes on the show every Wednesday. No way, no way. I'm like, mm, isn't that what you guys said about Donald Trump? Yeah. So I didn't like the strategy of helping him get the nomination. Uh, I don't like the infighting in the party. And I note that he is really trying his hardest, his little MAGA hardest, to be a little less Maggie-y. Maggie-y? Uh, in fact, with Heidi Henry yesterday, I think I appointed, I used to call uh, Darren Bailey the Maggiest MAGA man in the state. Uh, Johnny Catanzaro is by far the Maggiest MAGA man in the city of Chicago. But uh, this dude that Heidi Henry is running against uh, out there in uh, LaSalle County, uh, Jed Davis, may be now the new Maggiest MAGA man outside of the city of Chicago. Canton's area will always be number one, the Maggiest MAGA man. Uh, and I can't put John Cass on that list anymore, D, because Johnny Cass uh, moved to Indiana. Did you hear that? He moved to Indiana. So he's now like the Maggiest MAGA man in Indiana. Oh, always room for someone. Yeah, so I don't know. That's tough competition in India. He's going to have to be a little more Maggie to get that, just you know, that honor in India because it's a pretty Maggie state. I take very seriously uh, Darren Bailey's uh, race. Uh, I take very seriously Darren Bailey as a candidate. I've watched this guy's career almost from the start because it's par- it's paralleled my podcast. Mm-hmm. I think he was uh, first elected rough, right around the time we started this podcast. I was watching him in the state house. Uh, position himself, a rookie legislator. Nobody ever heard of him. All of a sudden, he see, he just took the MAGA flag and started waving it. He, he was one step ahead of all the other Republicans in the state. Mm-hmm. Won the nomination convincingly. This is a man who should not be, uh, you know, uh, written off. And you should not underestimate him. And he kind of has that Southern drawl, D, you know what I mean? That I think a lot of Chicago Democrats, they think, oh, they hear a Southern accent, they think he's stupid. And so they do that at their own peril. And then uh, they have the infighting, which undercuts any effort to build an alliance. Uh, and then, of course, they're always under, they're just always irritating the hell out of their constituents by not standing up for them. So... It's a volatile time. Anything's possible, D. I do not write off Darren Bailey. And Ben, I think we might have a listener on our hands here out of millionaire Republican philanthropist Richard Uline. 
Last week I said he should do it, and what do you know? Republican mega donor Richard Uline has donated $15 million to the PBR, Play by the Rules Political Action Committee, that's backing Darren Bailey for governor. That's on top of $5 million the billionaire gave to Bailey earlier in the month. Last week we talked about it. Darren Bailey didn't have a lot of money going on here. I guess Richard Uline listened to the Ben Jarofsky show, heard that, and was like, oh, let me help this guy out. During the primary, Uline gave $8.1 million to the PAC, which is run by conservative radio talk show host Dan Proft, and $9 million directly to Bailey. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so uh, Uline is known, he's a billionaire. He's known as a baby billionaire, which means he doesn't have as much billions as Kenny G who is a grown-up billionaire. But you know, D, I'm going to tell you, baby billionaires are still billionaires. They got a lot of money. And so uh, you shouldn't write them off just because they're baby billionaires. Uh, yeah, that money's going to buy some commercials. I wonder where he's going to air them. He's going to put them in Chicago. It's going to be a tough sell for him in Chicago. Uh, so I don't know if he, you know, I'm not giving campaign advice to Darren Bailey. First of all, he'd be a fool to follow it. Uh, and second of all, I don't want to help him in any way. Uh, so, but he'll be, yeah, he'll have some money for uh, some campaign commercials and, uh, yeah, yeah. Uline, Uline's been funding the, the, the far right MAGA movement before they were called MAGA in Illinois for a long, long time. So, yeah. I saw that coming D and yeah, he's probably a big listener of the show. You know, a lot of MAGA people love our show. I've heard. So yeah. I have heard. I love this show. <laughs> I, can, I can do it without Monroe. Monroe. I can't, I can do it without Monroe. <laughs> Uh, you know who's uh, uh, angling to come back to the show? It's been a while since he's been a guest in the show. It's one Frank Coconati. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were going to book him, and then he said he didn't yeah. want to do the show. No, he, I was going to ah. book him to come on with Monroe and argue with Monroe. Monroe, they're both ready for it. And then all of a sudden, just like, Frank, that was a flaky move. All of a sudden, the day he was supposed to come on the show, he forgot. Oh, Ben, I forgot. I'm, I'm working. I'm working. What a flake. Frank, I said it. So... Back we are with the negotiations. Uh, Frank Coconati. The general election, the gubernatorial election, the secretary of state election, all of the elections in Illinois is November 8th. And that is your Ben Jarofsky show. Remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J bonus interviews, and so much more. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. J-O-R-A. V is in victory. S-K-Y. Ben, who's on the lineup this weekend? Oh, we got David Ferris. We'll be talking forward party. We're going to be talking Joey Manchin with, the, uh, with uh, David Ferris. Uh, and uh, Mike Novak, an old friend of ours. Uh, we all did, right. Uh, be with Mike. It was pretty funny. Uh, we're talking about the end of civilization as we know it. Uh, and yet, somehow or other, it was funny. Uh, environmentalist um, Mike Novak, we were talking. <laughs> yeah, somehow or other, I don't know. Mike, only Mike Novak can make the end of the world a funny thing. And an interview I haven't done yet, but legendary uh, Chicago civil rights uh, leader, Ori Pettick. That interview will take place later today. So I got three bonuses. Boom, one on Saturday. Boom, one on Sunday. Boom, on Monday. All right. Thank you very much, Dr. D. Uh, I want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, pride of joy of all in the world, without whom this show would be possible. And it's Ori Panic, David Ferris, and Mike Novak. We'll tell you back home in Alton, uh, they call him Dr. D, and the D stands for DeMarvel. Let's give yourself a raise, take out of petty cash. Have a great weekend, everybody. Hey, friends. Hey, friends. These men and women who serve in law enforcement, they're heroes.